The big question is this, how do we use the seven step blueprint to help you or people you influence become more physically healthy than 98% of the people you know and in your community? That's what today's episode is all about. Let's get stuck into it straight away. Today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, The New Science of Physical Health, and here we are in episode three of the seven-step blueprint of the new science of physical health. Hey, thanks for joining me back at this episode. I'm here, still on holidays, enjoying myself here in the first part of the year here in Australia, and uh, my family down at the beach, my, my wife, my son, and the pet dog, the golden retriever, who I talked about in the first episode in the back of the car. So I'm sitting here back in the cabin just enjoying myself having a great time. I might get interrupted with a few bits of sounds and stuff, but ah, that's okay. Um, I wanted uh, to get tucked into today's episode and go to step number three in the seven step blueprint. So we're now moving into phase two. So phase one was professors explain and the influencer framework. And phase two is the molecular benefit map, which is the last episode. And then this episode is all going to be all about the impact quadrant. So what is the what is the impact quadrant? So I have this diagram here in front of me. And this diagram that if you want the diagram I'm talking about, which is going to be available in a new book at some stage this year, if you want this diagram, just go to the show notes, fill out the show notes, uh, fill out the, the form there, and I'll get this diagram to you when I'm actually talking about. So I better put on some of my glasses here because I got to a certain age and I need glasses now. I can read the heading, but some of the smaller print I can't read. So here's what here's what I have in front of me. The, the in fact, let me just explain before I start just describing the, the document. What we're talking about here in this particular section of the seven step blueprint is another set of very specific adaptations as a result of using the correct dose of physical activity. So as a questions I've asked before is. Is walking the dog a correct dose of physical activity? Um, is going swimming in a pool a correct dose of physical activity? I went recently and spent a whole afternoon um, in the summertime down the river and we had the pet dog and my son and, and my wife and we were swimming down the river. Is that amount of physical activity contribute to adaptations inside your body particularly around heart and blood vessels, because that's where the impact quadrant focuses on. It focuses on four areas of physiology, so human physiology, and obviously that's why it's called a quadrant, focusing on four areas which significantly will either put you at risk of the number one cause of sickness and death, cardiovascular disease, which, as I've said before, is not just heart attack and stroke. It's a whole lot of other things, uh, which we'll define another episode more detail, and or... The amount of physical activity, the correct dose, will reduce your risk of any of the four things and the four parts of the quadrant that I'm going to talk about in today's episode. So the impact quadrant is what impact is the correct dose of physical activity having on your risk in these four areas that relate to heart and blood vessel, heart and blood vessel disease surrounding the idea of cardiovascular disease. It's a complex area that as I'm doing with everything, I'm going to try and simplify. So that what happens is this, I'm trying to picture this, there's seven steps now in, I'll just go over those again very quickly, in the seven step blueprint that makes anybody, you or anyone you influence, more physically healthy than 98% of people in the community. 
phase two, which is the molecular benefit map, yesterday, the other day's episode, and then the impact quadrant are the re, are the adaptations as a result of using step five and step six. So here's the whole seven steps put together, and I remember them in my head very well now because I created them. Professors explained the and the influence of framework. We have two. We have one episode in this series and this audio series on that topic. Professors explain and the influence of framework. Then we have this episode and the previous episode on the molecular benefit map and the impact quadrant, the adaptations that occur inside the human body as a result of step five and uh, sorry, step five or step six. So this is step, yeah, that's right. The molecular benefit map is step three and this is step four. So professors explain the impact, uh, the influence of framework, molecular benefit map, the impact quadrant, there's four steps. Step five is called sensor tech. Step six is called useful data. And step seven is called medical results. Those are the steps, seven steps. If you go through all of those seven steps and utilize in your life step five and step six, which we'll get to in the next episodes, then you will be more physically healthy than 98% of people you know. All right, that's covered the, the lay of the land, so to speak. So now what we have to talk about is what is the impact quadrant? And then how does the correct dose of physical activity impact you or people you influence to drive down your risk of having a cardiovascular event or having to take medicine to avoid a cardiovascular event. And that medicine, those drugs may or may not work and they may or may not work to the correct extent. You still may be incapacitated. You still may have um, uh, medical conditions, even though you're trying to take, you're trying to, you're trying to fight it off with um, medicine and drugs and therapy, whatever else it might be, which if it's if, if you're a person who's like that right now, listening to this episode, uh, you take your doctor's advice. It's crucial and critical that if they're saying, well, I'll give you for an example, one part of the impact quadrant is to do with blood pressure. If your doctor is saying to you, we've got to take this medication to help lower your blood pressure, listen to your doctor. I am an educator, not a doctor. However, what I have done is taken the work of hundreds of PhDs, doctors. And so if you don't know this, a medical doctor has a PhD in medicine. A PhD in exercise physiology is someone who is a doctor of exercise physiology. A PhD in exercise science, which is different, has a PhD in exercise science. Uh, Somebody who has a PhD in uh, public health is about what mechanisms can be used to reduce to improve the health of large populations. A PhD in cognitive neuroscience is a person who understands the human brain and has a doctorate, uh, a medical degree, a PhD in cognitive neuroscience. So that's the difference between a medical doctor and a PhD. They all got PhDs. So um, once it's called a PhD of medicine, and that's the one we traditionally refer to as a doctor. So what happens is this. Let me now start with you and and put in your mind a diagram, which I have in front of me, called the impact quadrant, four areas, and I'm going to walk you through those four areas. Now, by the way, I believe that, this is my opinion, this is how I'm framing it, just before I dive into the four different areas here, I'm framing the impact quadrant and the molecular benefit map as something in education that's called deep knowledge. But I think very few people even have a surface understanding of all of the things to do with the molecular benefit map and all of the things to do with the impact quadrant. And the goal here and the objective is, is that here's what I've seen over the years. Remember, I've got uh, an episode coming up very soon in this series 
with the founder of uh, Les Mills Asia Pacific and Les Mills, co-founder of Les Mills International, the person who started a worldwide um, fitness phenomenon in fitness classes, who also happened to be my first ever boss. Now, that episode is coming up soon. And so what uh, the reason that I mentioned that is because, why didn't I, mean, I have that in my mind there? Um, I've lost my train of thought on that, but I'll come back to that in a second. And so the, the objective is, is that, oh, that's what I was going to say. Now I remember what the train of thought was. People start all different types of programs and objectives and goal set and make New Year's resolutions. They might do one of those 12-week body challenges, eight-week body challenges. They might go on some kind of, um, you know, uh, fasting program. They might do, you know, the, uh, what is the, uh, Dr. Mosley from England has this thing called the 800-calorie diet. You might do a whole host of different things. And when it comes to physical activity, which has, as one of the professors I work with, Professor Wisloff, and I've spent time reading his stuff and had the opportunity to interview him, he said to me that using physical activity can get you to the same point or better than using medicine. And so that's, that, that's, that's his words from his research. And the, I mean, he's one of the foremost cited exercise physiologist in the world and the, the impact of physical activity on the leading cause of death, cardiovascular disease. So the point is, is that I see many, many people struggle. And if you took, um, if you sat down in a mall, you might call it a shopping center. If you went out to your big shopping center in the country that you live in, and you sat down in what's commonly referred to as a food court, where you sit down and have lunch and, and you, you know, meet people for coffee, and it's, a, it's a, a communal food area, which is not being used much in these COVID times, as I record this episode. But if you sat down in that area and you watched 100 people walk past, about 60 of those people do zero physical activity, thereabouts. About another 20, so the 61st person to the 81st person, they do some moderate amounts of physical activity. But is it the correct dose to get changes in the structures inside your body? Is it the correct dose? So what we know from research is most likely it's not because cardiovascular disease is so rampant. There are so many people living with cardiovascular disease and the growth of disease is just off the chart. So take, for example, type 2 diabetes, which is often not thought of as a cardiovascular disease. The problem is, as we'll get to in this series, type 2 diabetes, um, which is to do with blood sugar and the food you consume, it causes cardiovascular disease. And and that's in a whole other episode by itself. So here's here's the whole concept here behind the previous episode in this series, Molecular Benefit Map, and this one, the impact quadrant, is we're going to get to it right now. Here's the whole uh, premise behind it. If you build deep knowledge and you dive into this in a, in a significant way, and remember, this episode, all we're doing, all I'm doing is starting you off on the strategies and some of the evidence. I'm not going into the tactics. The tactics is the part where you're going to get the deepest knowledge, where you're going to learn the most and become the most engaged. This is like my warm-up act. The strategy is the warm-up act. It's giving you the overall concept and beginning you into the journey of what these things are that I'm about to talk about here in the impact quadrant. So I see people doing programs. So I started with Bill 
Robertson, um, who you'll hear an interview of his back when he before he invented Les Mills or before he helped expand it worldwide in Australia and Asia Pacific and worldwide. And when he had one gym, one fitness center, when I was 19 years old, studying at university for the first time, uh, health and physical education and sports science. That was my degree. So then I'm, I'm working with Bill and I saw, saw people back when I was 19 who'd start along their road to a what we call a fitness journey or a health journey using physical activity and they drop off. And then I saw that again in my late 20s. And then I saw it again in my 30s and my 40s and my 50s and I still see the same pattern. People dropping off, dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. To the point when I take you back to sitting down in that mall, that shopping center and the food court, every 100 people walk past, somewhere in the vicinity I know this sounds hard for people to understand. Somewhere in the vicinity, this is what the data says, the research, somewhere in the vicinity of seven of those 100 people do the correct dose of physical activity in order to drive down their risk of the leading cause of sickness and death, cardiovascular disease. Seven, just seven. It means 93% of people are not doing the correct dose of physical activity. Two, my thing is, two reasons. Number one is, they don't know what the correct dose is, but number two is, they don't, they've never had the opportunity to build the correct deep knowledge, which would then create deep engagement. So I'll take you back to some examples. The examples that I use with, with people is that um, if you took a, a subject like Star Wars, which is not related to the impact quadrant, but if you took a sub, well, I'll take four of them. I'll take, say, Star Wars, Marvel movies, uh, Apple computers, and what's one other one? Um, I don't know. Uh, Pepsi Cola. Uh, I won't talk about Pepsi Cola, but I just I just happen to think of that off the top of my head. So if you took Star Wars for example, the people who I don't have deep knowledge about Star Wars. I don't know much about the the characters in Star Wars. I have no idea of the timeline. But my eleven year old son does. He can tell me all about the different worlds in Star Wars. All about the different Sith lords. I don't even know what a Sith Lord is. Um, he can tell me who... Well, I did watch the Mandalorian series with him because I thought that was pretty cool. And you know what I thought was really cool about that? Um, so on Disney Plus is this TV series called The Mandalorian, which came out. There's two, two seasons so far. And what I was blown away by was um, the actor Carl Weathers appears. So an actor called Carl Weathers, an African-American actor called Carl Weathers, appears in The Mandalorian. Blew my mind because... If you don't know this, Carl Weathers, if you look him up, he was the actor who played Apollo Creed in the 1970s and 1980s in the Rocky movies and sadly, tragically died in one of those. What was that? Rocky Four. Yeah, he dies in Rocky Four. Um, now, as corny as that might sound, I have deep knowledge about the Rocky movies. My son has deep knowledge about this TV series, which is Star Wars related, part of the Star Wars genre. Um, and the Mandalorian, and inside that is Carl Weathers. I'm going, man, it's Carl Weathers all these years later in his early 70s acting in another TV series now. And it brought me back to something I had, you know, nostalgia with and deep knowledge. So someone can have deep knowledge about Star Wars because they're just into it because it's entertainment. I have a lot of deep knowledge about Marvel movies, and here's the reason why, and DC, but I like Marvel better because, in my opinion, they do a better job. So here's what happened. When I was a kid, what was popular was comics in the 1970s and 1980s. 
Comics were worldwide. I listened to a podcast series about a, uh, the, war, the business wars, it's called, between Marvel and DC and the history of Marvel and DC. Wow, it's fascinating. So I read com- comics. I know every origin story of, say, take the, the characters. Have you ever seen the movie um, Infini- uh, was it Endgame and the previous one, Infinity War, or whatever it's called, um, with the Avengers? So a Marvel movie. So in Endgame's the biggest, highest rating movie of all time. Most number of tickets sold, I think. I know every character in there. I know their origin stories. I know who Ant-Man is. I knew who the Wasp was. I knew where they came from. I knew who Dr. Hank Pym was and his wife. What are other characters in there? I didn't know the um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I never read those comics as a kid. I I know everything about Thor from Asgard. I knew everything about um, Captain America and and Steve Rogers, the, um, the person and the serum that he had and and everything about the Red Skull, because I read those comics when I was a kid. I had deep knowledge. I reckon between the age that my son is now, which is 11, uh, I reckon between, say, 8 and 15, I just read comics all the time, because they were popular back then. They're probably popular in a digital sense now, but you can't go down the shop and buy them. Every Saturday morning, I used to, my mum in the country town I grew up in used to have a shop. Like She owned a, 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 a um, hairdressing salon. I'd go down there on Saturday mornings, and I'd walk around the corner when I was eight years old, nine years old, and I'd have some money and go and buy a comic at the newsagents across the road at Boyd's News Agency. That's Ken Boyd was the person. He owned this news agency, and I'd walk in there and go buy comics and get excited about the latest comics that had come out. So I now have deep knowledge about Marvel. So, and then I do have deep knowledge about Apple technology because I'm an Apple fan person. I love that kind of tech. And I probably have a bit of deep knowledge about Pepsi Max because I love Pepsi Max. Anyway, back to the quad. There are four areas that I know three of those areas really well, two of them really well. And I don't know much about Star Wars, but just a little bit. Here's my, here's my, my supposition. I love that word. Here's my argument. If you don't have deep knowledge about what I'm about to share with you now, the impact quadrant, here's the problem that's going to come out, arise out of that. You are going to have less engagement with physical activity and less engagement and using the correct dose of physical activity. And what does that do? It puts you at significant risk of the leading cause of sickness and death. So that's why the impact quadrant is so important and about getting deep knowledge. Here's what my role is. Here's what my job is. To get you interested in the four areas of the impact quadrant. See, I when I'm out, um, so for example, this afternoon, and while I'm here on holidays, bought my push bike with me. I'm going to do a push bike ride, and I'm going to use step five and step six to track whether or not I'm having any impact in the four areas that I am a, uh, that are here in the impact quadrant. So I think about. Sometimes I feel a bit lazy about doing physical activity and doing the correct dose of physical activity. Okay, not too much, not too little, but enough to make a the most significant impact you possibly can. More about that in five, step five and step six, which I'm building up because they're so important. So I think about these four areas. So let me go through the four areas of the quadrant. The impact quadrant is all about if you use the correct dose of physical activity, step five and step six, you will have these four major areas that you will improve in. One is something called anti-atherosclerosis. So the correct dose of physical activity is anti-atherosclerosis, which is good. You want anti. You don't want to develop atherosclerosis, which I'll define in a moment. It's also anti-arrhythmic, and that's good because you don't want arrhythmia with your heart. 
It's also anti-ischemic because you do not want ischemia, and I'll define that in a moment, you do not want ischemia to happen to your body. You definitely, definitely don't want to have that. You don't come back from ischemia, meaning if you get ischemia of, say, the heart tissue or other parts of your body, you don't come back from it. I'll talk more about that in a moment. And then the fourth area is called antithrombotic. You do not want to develop a thrombosis and because of the, what happens inside the body. So here's what we're going to do. We And underneath each of those areas are probably one, two, three, four, about five, four or five different physiological processes that happen inside each quadrant. I'll explain more about that in a minute. But each of them have four or five things under them that if you understood them and had deep knowledge about them and you knew the tactics behind how to improve those four or five different things. So there's five different things under anti-atherosclerosis in the impact quadrant in this diagram that I've got here. I'll just read those out. Inflammation, blood pressure, HDL to LDL ratio. If you've never heard of that, I'll explain it. Insulin and adipose. They're the five different things. Using the correct dose of physical activity on a rolling seven days will help be anti-atherosclerotic. I think that's the word, the way you say it. But it will develop, it will cause your body to reduce or prevent, if you haven't got any already, but uh, atherosclerosis from happening. And I think it can reverse it. I'm going to talk, I'll have an interview with the doctor about that and about the amount that it might be able to reverse some of these things. But certainly can reverse some of the things that I just listed underneath it. So the first thing for me to do then is to define what is atherosclerosis. Picture this, blood vessels inside the human body. Look up, go to Google and look up a picture of a heart. Look up the, a picture of the blood vessel network. Let's, the biggest blood vessel in your body comes out of your heart and it's called the vena cava. That's the name of it, vena cava. You have an ascending vena cava, which goes up towards the top of your body, brain and, and, and all that area. And then you have a descending vena cava out of your heart. They're the biggest ones. They are maybe the size of a finger, I think, or maybe a texture. Okay, and then everything else gets smaller from there. On the inside of your blood vessel is a skin, which I mentioned in the last episode, called endothelial tissue. So atherosclerosis refers to, and this is the definition, the buildup of fats and cholesterols and other substances in your artery walls. So underneath the endothelial tissue, in the, the wall itself. Right? And we call that plaque. You know what plaque is? It's on people's teeth. That is exactly what builds up inside the artery wall. Now, here's the tr- here's the problem. Plaque buildup can restrict blood flow, and you, then you're in for a world of nastiness in terms of disease. That plaque, this is the problem, okay? A plaque that's inside the wall of the artery can be fine for years and years and years and years, and that's what the definition of atherosclerosis is, and then it can burst. And then what happens is, here's the interesting thing is, Imagine, so think of the plaque on someone's teeth, that white hard substance. It bursts out of the artery wall because let's say from ages of 20 to 30 or 20 to 40, 20 to 40, over the years, that blood vessel gets narrower and narrower and blood rushes over the top of the endothelial tissue, the skin, rushes over, rushes over, rushes over, rushes over. The pressure's building up, pressure's building up. And then at some point in time, just like water across a rock, it, that blood pressure, the liquid, has caused 
a particular burst with a piece of plaque in an artery. Now, what happens after that? Okay? One of two things. Well, this is what happens to everyone, but then the result of it is one of two things, or one of three things maybe. So, one of the things that happens is for every person when a plaque bursts, and you can't feel this happening. You have no idea this is happening. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't touch it. But this is atherosclerosis and the danger behind it and why cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of uh, death in the world. 18 million people this year will die of it. So, oh, here's a rain on the cabin roof here. That's okay. Nice little summer, little summer rain. My family might be back soon. Um, so what happens is this, Okay. The plaque burst out of the outer wall at a particular site. Let's just say, for example, it's, I don't know, somewhere in your chest, your particular artery, okay? Might even be, let's say your leg, okay? It'll use your leg. It bursts out and the body says, this is the body's autoimmune response. That shouldn't be there. That plaque is a foreign material. It's not supposed to be here. Let's send clotting agents to it to try and break it up and get rid of it. Hear what I said then? Clotting agents. So all of a sudden, you get a clot in a blood vessel because a plaque has burst through. What do doctors do about that? Well, they've got clot-busting drugs. Thank goodness they've got clot-busting drugs. But the interesting thing is that plaque could float around your body and the clot could occur at your heart like it did for my father. And it causes, in medical terms, it's called a coronary occlusion. That means a heart attack. And in my father's case, he had one plaque burst and might have been multiple at the time, but one plaque burst, blood clotted at his heart, and he died. He had no warning. He had no symptoms. It just happened. And that's 50% of people who have a heart attack, by the way. It's their first ever symptom is sudden death. And, I mean, that's horrendous for us as a family, horrendous for you if it's happened to you. But you put yourself at risk if you develop atherosclerosis. So that's the first part of the quadrant. And underneath atherosclerosis are five different things. If you, here's the most important part. If you use the correct dose of physical activity on a rolling seven days, and we're going to use step five and step six to show you what that is, you will reduce your risk from anything to do with atherosclerosis. You'll improve the, in, the internal physiology of your body or the people that you influence. And here's what you will improve. You'll decrease something called inflammation. Inflammation is nasty. And it gets out of control and puts you at risk of a cardiovascular event. Not just heart attack and stroke, but other things that I've mentioned in previous episodes, like end-stage organ failure, like um, eye diseases, going blind, for example, kidney failure. And blood pressure is under atherosclerosis. So if you develop atherosclerosis from not using the correct dose of physical activity, like most people don't, then, because they've never been through the seven steps, they don't know what the correct dose is. If you develop, um, if you don't develop the correct dose of physical activity, don't develop, don't use the correct dose on a rolling seven days, your blood pressure can go up. If your blood pressure goes up, it causes a problem with atherosclerosis in the way that I described it before. It also changes your HDL to LDL ratio. What's HDL-LDL? You have blood fats, and there's different types of blood fats. One is called, in this case, high-density lipoprotein type of blood fat. Another one is called low-density lipoprotein, another type of blood fat. Low-density is heavier and bigger. High-density is lower 
and lower in density and smaller and fluffier, and it takes the bad cholesterol, which is typically called LDL, low-density den- low lipoprotein, it takes attaches it to um, the HDL attaches itself to LDL and takes it out of the body. Here's an interesting thing: improving, making sure you have the correct dose, like an actual measured correct dose of physical activity, and having useful data and using a sensor tracker in the right way will let you raise your HDL level, and that's a good thing. The doctors want you to have a higher HDL cholesterol level. So, inflama- uh, insulin. If you use the correct dose of physical activity, you control your insulin levels better. I'll talk about that more deeply another time. I'll come back to it. And so insulin levels, as you know, control your blood sugar. If your blood sugar, so if you start developing type 2 diabetes or head down that pathway and it gets too high, what happens is if your blood sugar gets too high, it, atta- it then attacks the inside lining of the artery, causing atherosclerosis, helping to cause atherosclerosis, helping to cause, accelerating the process of atherosclerosis. And so physical activity controls your insulin better and your, any insulin resistance that people might have, which leads me to the last part of atherosclerosis that the correct dose of physical activity controls. And I can attest to this massively. The correct dose of physical activity helps to control adipose tissue. Now, people out there who've never heard of that term before go, wow, what's adipose tissue? Like, what is that? Never heard of that before. It's commonly referred to as fat tissue. So the medical term for alpha fat tissue is adipose tissue. And the correct dose of physical activity, now on that note, eating matters. This whole seven-step blueprint is not about eating. It's about physical activity, and about the adaptations that occur and how it lowers your risk and the evidence behind it. It's not about eating. But there's no question the correct dose of physical activity makes a difference to adipose tissue, which then makes a difference. The less adipose tissue you have, the less atherosclerosis that you have. So there's the first part of the quadrant described in a, like what I would call a... Um, a strategy format. That means I haven't gone into any detail about inflammation, blood pressure, HDL, LDL, insulin, adipose. I've just given you an overview. All right, everybody. Look, this episode is getting a little bit longer than I expected it to. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to divide it up into a few parts because if I put it all together, the whole episode is going to be over an hour long, and I don't want it to be an hour long. So you can go and listen to the next episode um, straight away, but what I'd like to do is, because I'm gonna publish them, I've published them all straight away, but what I'd like to do is, I'll break this up, finish this episode here, say thank you so much for joining me, and get to the next part, so you've listened to this part, and it goes, the sequence follows on directly in the next episode. All right, everybody, see you in just a moment in the next episode. I won't see you, but you'll hear me in the next episode, all right. Talk to you shortly. Bye.